this week on the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. John Cena visits a Ukrainian refugee kid on his day off of work on his own dime. What a guy. Paige officially announces that she's leaving WWE effective July. Ric Flair shoots on the MJF promo. And wrestling is gay. I'm your host, Seth Grimes, and this is the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to my show. This is the Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast. I am your boy, Seth Grimes, and we are here to get into another week of Pro Wrestling Podcasts, interviews, YouTube videos, all that good stuff. And I got to tell you, kind of a slow week this week. Uh, Not a lot of huge news on the podcast front. I had to scrounge a bit. Gotta tell you, I had to scrounge. I do that from time to time. Sometimes there's so much going on that I don't even know where to start. Other weeks it's like, God, am I even going to be able to make it through a fucking full show? So, is what it is. I can only go off of what they give me. But I wanted to start off with this first story here. A very fun story. And that is John Cena. Took a day off of his busy work schedule, shooting tons of movies out in Hollywood, being a big action star, peacemaker, shoot him up. Well, John Cena took time off from his busy schedule to go visit a kid who was having trouble leaving his home. He was a resident of the Ukraine, and of course all that insanity going on over in the Ukraine, Uh, people are trying to flee. They're either standing and they're fighting or they're trying to get the fuck out, right? And uh, this mother was trying to get her young son out of the Ukraine. And he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave his home. He wasn't comfortable with it. Uh, I do believe he he is uh, handicapped, so... um, Maybe he didn't fully understand the situation going on as well. So uh, it was a sad situation. So his mother, what she did was she turned to the power of professional wrestling. Because we all know when you love professional wrestling and you have favorite wrestlers, that those motherfuckers are your heroes. And John Cena just happened to be this young man's hero. And so his mother told him that if they leave the Ukraine, they are going to find John Cena and meet him and search him out and so that her son can meet John Cena. And he took that as good enough for me. Let's go ahead and get out of this country then. And uh, they did end up being able to flee the Ukraine. And uh, John Cena caught wind of this with the power of the internet, Twitter, You know, uh, John Cena found out about this situation and he took it upon himself to take a day off of work. He had, well, he had a couple days off of work. I think they said two, three days. And he decided to take that time instead of kicking his feet up on the couch and fucking eating cheese puffs and shit that he was going to go visit this kid in another fucking country. I think he was in Amsterdam, maybe, uh, if I have that correct. And uh, here's a clip from that meeting. Misha, very nice to meet you. I've come a long way to see you. <laughs> when I read about Misha's story, you know, it, it reached out to me. Not, not just Misha's story, but uh, the story of, of Misha's mom as well. Having three days off from work, right at the time when I read this story, and being an hour away by air, it turned immediately into we're going. And that means spending an afternoon building blocks and eating cake. That's a, that's a special afternoon when it comes to, to the new friends I was able to meet. This was 
a wonderful adventure. Але це була прекрасна пригода. In which I got to meet a wonderful new friend. І він зустрів нового чудового друга. Thank you for giving me strength. Дякую тобі, що даєш Джону силу. John Cena is a goddamn hero. Uh, I don't really care what anybody has to say about John Cena. As a matter of fact, last week, uh, it's funny that this pops up this week, and I'm, I'm glad things work out the way that they did. Uh, last week, I had a story from uh, a Brodus Clay interview, a Tyrus interview on Insight with Chris Van Vliet. And I ended up cutting it from the show because the show was already going long. So that clip didn't make it, but it was a story about how John Cena, uh, the, the WrestleMania where Brodus Clay was going to come out with the, with the somebody call your mama. Somebody call my mama. So when he came out to do that, uh, that was almost cut because they were short on time. And John Cena was the main event or whatever, and he was just like... Hey, you know what? I gotta take a piss. You know, he was standing there hearing Vince talk about possibly needing to cut. And then, uh, you know, he saw the sadness on Brodus Clay's face and everybody else who would have been involved in that. And just the fact, and, and the way he did it, too. You know, he wasn't, like, overly like, Oh, well, I'm gonna blah, 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 blah to Vince. He was just like, yeah, you know what? I gotta take a piss. How long do you think that's gonna take? Like, uh, you know, six minutes, eight minutes? And then he just went, and Brodus is like, hey, yeah, I think you, you could get it in eight minutes. Or six minutes. And Cena's like, all right, I'll be back. And they had to kill time, so Brodus had to go out. So there's all kinds of stories. And I know John Cena initially kind of got a bad rap, and he does for certain things. Like, here and there, you'll hear things like, uh, remember Alex Riley <clears throat> was talking about how John Cena was, like, fucking... Uh, uh, like almost a bully to him backstage and he really didn't like him and he was the reason that he ended up getting fired and uh, you know you hear stories like that there's been other stories I don't remember any off the top of my head to be honest with you but I have heard other things about John Cena kind of being uh, maybe a dick or a little whatever right but when you see this guy go do these things, and, and it is not just for the publicity, because he does it on his days off, too. And he does it when the cameras aren't rolling. I think WWE happened to be filming this for some reason. It was on their YouTube uh, that this clip was shown. But it's like, I don't know that I could do that. I, and, and, you know, like, John's a fucking saint, and you hear people like, you know, Brodus Clay said, the Tyrus said the same thing. Like, anybody says anything about John Cena, he's like, I got his back. Because, like, that dude is, is the kindest, gentlest human being in the world, most giving. Like, to give your time like that, like, he literally, like, he flew over there. They built Legos. They fucking ate cake together. He gave him his t-shirt off of his back, basically. It was the shirt that he was wearing there and the hat. He gave him a championship belt, and he taught him the... the, the and just... It fucking melts my heart, dude. It really does. I know I I'm I sound grizzled on here with all the, the F-bombs and the fuck this, fuck that, but at the end of the day, like... I admire a man like that. I wish I could aspire to be fucking half the man that John Cena is. And in, there are just stories after stories after stories uh, of things like this that he does. And he deserves his props for it. He deserves recognition. You know, I'm, I'm glad I, I have any kind of platform where I can just take the time to shout this out. Put it right at the top of the of the of the show here. Top news story. Just a wonderful fucking human being, John Cena is, and you know, love him or hate him, uh, in the ring, his character, or even if you you know you're on like the Alex Riley train and you you know you think Cena's kind of a douchebag, or you watch the the shows with the Bellas where he's like a fucking complete tool and he was all strict and stern and buttoned up and fucking weirdo. But at the end of the day, the man has the kindest heart, the gentlest heart. Even like, and it's just story after story, dude. Like, I'm a big uh, uh, comic book nerd too, right? And like Marvel nerd and stuff. 
and in in DC obviously and and Peacemaker. So one of the most fantastic shows on TV by the way. Fucking great. A fantastic like comic book show. Um but even like the director, uh I was watching an interview with him and, and he was talking about how he specifically wanted to do this show just to work with John Moore because he had John on the Suicide Squad. And this is the same director that had had, he did the Guardians of the Galaxy movie too, so he had worked with Batista. And he just particularly likes working with wrestlers. He, and we, we've heard that before too, that wrestlers have a great work ethic, you know, and that's probably why The Rock's the biggest star in Hollywood because he's probably a better fucking person, better work ethic, harder... Just fucking, you know, easy to work with. All that shit was beaten into him, literally. It's going through professional wrestling. And we see that time and time again. And and, and James Gunn, the director of the Suicide Squad, liked working with John so much during that movie that, like, they asked him, you know, if he had any ideas for, you know, maybe a spinoff or something that he wanted to do. And he's like, yeah. I want to work with John Cena again. Let's do a Peacemaker show. One of the most obscure, never heard of them, nobody gives a shit characters in the history of comic books. All of a sudden, it's like he's fucking one of the hottest shows on on streaming. Because John Cena's dope. And, And, you know, James Gunn's a great director, too. And he's got that great blend of, like, action and comedy. And just he just knows how to hit it. But he, you know, in that interview, uh, I listened with him. This was a while back now. He just specifically shouted out John Cena. Like, I want to work more with this man. So, I mean, just you always hear these great things about John. So, mad respect to John Cena. Uh, Whether you like him or not, you got to respect the man. And now, just like John, you can't see me. Paige announced that she's leaving the WWE this July. Woke up, saw it on my Twitter feed this morning. You know, it's not very often that I get semi-breaking news here on the show. Being like a weekly recap show, covering all the, the podcasts of the week and stuff. Things that happen on Monday or Tuesday are fucking dead by the time we get to the weekend. So, uh, it's nice to once in a while have something I can talk about that's like going to be fresh, you know, and uh, so Paige decided that she's done with the WWE, at least for the time being, and you know what, good for her, because they weren't really doing a lot with her anyway, Um, Paige is a great talent, I know she can't really do a lot of like in-ring work anymore, Um, but fuck, you could use her as a manager, you could put her on commentary of something, I don't know, not like one of your main shows, I think both uh, Raw and SmackDown have a great commentary team, but I don't know. See what she's got going on in NXT, perhaps, or you know, she could fill that niche that uh, when Beth Phoenix left, or you know, even if it's just like a fucking um, main event or something like that. Um, use her for interview shows, like uh, network stuff, uh, Peacock stuff, you know, Peacock. <clears throat> But use her for shit. Just, I mean, they're basically just paying her to sit home. So I'm glad. I mean, good for her to collect a paycheck, especially when she can't wrestle anyway. So she's not like, oh, I want to get out there and wrestle. It's like all she can be is a personality at this point. And if you want to pay me to sit home, you know, I can be a personality forever. You know, I'll sit home for a couple years and I'll go be a personality somewhere else. I hope she does land. You know, I know. It's, I guess, with AEW being the only alternative in wrestling on a mainstream level, you know, like another big league, basically. Uh, you know, you always want to say when somebody leaves WWE, oh, I hope they end up in AEW because you still want to see them. You want to see them on a regular basis, and she's just not going to get that kind of star power or exposure on a like a fucking Impact or a NWA. So. Um, I'd like to see her, you know, do something in wrestling still. I know she was kind of beefing with WWE too over her being able to do Twitch and streaming and shit like that, which I don't know why they got such a hair up their ass about that anyway. 
uh, let people be people, you know? So, especially when she's, like, she's Soraya outside of the WWE and, and let her fucking do her thing. So, she's going to leave WWE. She's going to do her thing. She's going to not be under that corporate fucking thumb. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I hope she's able to do big things. Maybe we'll see her in other wrestling promotions where she'll be taking pictures of their belt with cum all over it. Who knows? But whatever ends up happening in Paige's future, I do hope she does continue to be active in professional wrestling to whatever capacity that she can because she's still attractive other than those giant... You don't need that much Botox. Like, people, you know, like, if you got really flat lips and you want a little... A little... If you need it, if you want it, not, but other than that, I mean, she's still very attractive. She's a hell of a personality. She's fucking, she's money. Put her on TV, do something with her. That's what I'm fucking, and who knows what she's got going on. Maybe she won't be in wrestling. Maybe she's going to bounce on over to Hollywood or who the fuck knows? But uh, I'm sure better things are going to come for Paige. I don't think she's going to be the washed up chick doing the fucking uh, indie uh, con- signing appearances and stuff at, at hotel banquet halls and shit, right? So good for her. Wish her all the best. On to the next. Well, the wrestling world is still talking about the whole MJF promo situation. Was it a shoot? Was it a work? There's this whole edict thing that's been passed down from Discovery, Time Warner now. All this shit, we'll get into it. Everybody's given their opinions, including myself, of course, because why not? It gets clickies, right? But... Everybody else been talking about it in the wrestling world, including the Nature Boy. Ric Flair threw in his two cents with all his years in professional wrestling and even having these work shoot promos before. Uh, he gave his thoughts on the situation. Check out this clip. Uh, so listen, there's been a lot of uh, people talking about the, the heat that is MJF and people want to know you know, what was real? What wasn't, uh, is it a work? Is it a shoot? And you were in some of those pretty tense moments once upon a time with Eric Bischoff. What'd you, you've seen it all. What'd you think of that? I just can't imagine. And I think I told you, I can't imagine if it being a work that Tony would ever let a wrestler in a company talk to him like that. So yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I don't know whether it could work or shoot. Uh, I guess we'll find out Wednesday if he's there Wednesday or not, because he, he's a vital part of the, he's a very vital part of the show. So, um, I'm sure with the money issue, I'm sure Tony can fix that. Oh, of course he can. What I like about it is people are talking about it and when yeah. wrestling fans can gravitate to something. And I mean, you and I were together certain places. We won't say where this past week and multiple times people would say, Hey, what about this MJF thing? Yeah. It's what everybody's talking about. So if the, if the, the, the idea is let's get people talking mission accomplished, the business needs that. Yes. Yeah. Even the nature isn't entirely sure if this is a shoot or a work Conrad doesn't seem to know. I bet you Conrad knows, but at the end of the day, uh, this is fucking great. Now, if you want my honest opinion, I would say that it's a work. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on with the Time Warner Discovery thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I can't imagine that they're going to just be like, Hey, could you f- do a fake press release or fucking letter or something? Uh, putting out an edict for, to help out our storyline. Maybe. Uh, that's some deep, that's some deep state work right there. That's fucking iceberg, bottom of the iceberg, uh, tip of the iceberg type shit, whatever the fuck you want to say. 
So really, like, nobody's entirely sure. Nobody has information on this. The dirt sheets only have opinions and what they think's going on. Uh, everybody is fucking clueless on this, including everybody that works for AEW. Now, we know that the AEW locker room is good at keeping secrets. We learned this with the Brody Lee. But as I talked about uh, last week, I believe, is that this is different. That was a medical, personal health scare situation. So you're a fucking asshole if you leak that out to the internet, right? But this is just a juicy storyline. Right. So, uh, you know, if you want to help a brother out, you know, everybody's everybody likes to gossip to a certain extent. Right. Especially when they know some dirt. Brody, that was different. That's medical. That's not dirt. But when you know, like, oh, yeah, this is all just a work. It's fucking, uh, that's going to get out if enough people know about it. Now, who would be in the know? We got Tony Khan, obviously. We got MJF, obviously. Uh, CM Punk chased MJF out to the ring, like out, uh, when they went to a commercial or whatever, the cameras were still rolling and they released this, obviously this got out, uh, which is another fucking clue to that. This is a work, uh, but Punk came out, which also looks like a work came limping out to the ring on his broken ass foot and he, and MJF fucking powdered out of the ring and hopped the rail. So, do you think MJF would have did that? Do you think MJF's physically scared of CM Punk on a broken foot? On a bum wheel? I don't think he is. Uh, so, it's a work. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the networks aren't in on it and they were highly upsetted by that situation. Um, but... Other than the, the language that was used on TV, which they did bleep out uh, for network TV and stuff, uh, did make it to internet versions and stuff like that. But other than like the language, like the network needs to know that the wrestling business is like partial reality TV, right? Which is scripted reality. It's like we're going to stage these dramas and, and that's what wrestling is except for it's with fighting and action and characters and colorful personalities and all that shit instead of boring snobby ass fucking Hollywood women with their fucking doesn't matter you get my point so they need to know that rest that's what wrestling is so they're gonna blur those lines so they have to I can't imagine that anybody sitting at the network, unless they're just flat out mad by the language of this, nobody's going to go, oh my God, this thing that happened on this fake wrestling show that's all dramatic and stuff, we need to, we need to issue an edict to, to nip this in the bud and get this guy off our TV. It's all a show. They're not dumb. They know that. They know what wrestling is. Everybody knows what wrestling is. It's a fucking... It's a, it's a man soap opera. It's scripted sports entertainment, my friends. At the end of the day, that's what it fucking is. So, uh, the network, they're probably in on it. Or that was just... I, you know, maybe even... Where did that release come from? Was that or their official page? Uh, I haven't dove into that uh, too deeply yet to see exactly where that news came from. Other than that, there was an edict that was put out by Time Warner Discovery to get this MJF fucker off of our TV and never talk about him again. Um, which is what you would do if it was real. This is a brilliant work. This is a brilliant work. This is what this is. This is MJF and Tony Khan. Tony Khan's the markiest of marks, right? I love AEW, and I stick up for Tony Khan a lot because, you know, the internet likes to pick on him and stuff. But we all know he's a giant fucking mark and a giant fucking nerd, is he not? Agreed. Whether you like him or hate him, we can all agree on that. So, and MJF is prides himself on the reality and being, you know, like he, he's 20, he's in character 24 seven. He doesn't break kayfabe. That's not real life MJF, but you wouldn't know it because you've, I mean, there's a couple videos out there of him being like a nice young man or whatever. Um, but 
for the most part, you never see MJF, and probably in years, you haven't seen MJF out of character. He's a douchebag to everybody. Every interview, all of them, he never bites his tongue. Which is why if he went to WWE, I do think he's fully capable of switching up his character. But he's going to be very watered down. All these people are like, oh, yeah, go to WWE, we want to see MJF. It's gonna, he's going to be the Miz. He's going to be Miz 2.0. He'll be a better. And, and you know what? MJF's an elite, in, in, in no pun intended, but he's the top of the top talent, right? He's a rock-level talent. Mark my fucking words, okay? MJF's going to be one of the biggest stars of all time, period. He's amazing. He's that good. He's that good. Trust me. So he's smart coming right back around to it and prides himself on never breaking kayfabe so and there's real life shit there i'm not saying this was all at work but what i'm saying is if, at some point they had that meeting on monday and then mjf did the promo on wednesday and now here we are nobody knows shit so what ha- they they had to have come to some sort of an agreement i don't know if mjf re-signed something or if this is just a temporary you know throw you a few bonus chat i don't know what the fuck they worked out but somehow some way they masterminded a plot to take all of this fucking hype and, and, and turn it into a storyline i don't think the no show was part of it i think that was part of mjf just being being a, a butthead at that point you know like he's mad about shit so i'm not going to show up mm. Like Sasha and, you know, whatever. Which I'm not knocking. I mean, fuck it. I probably would have walked out too. But everything after, uh, you know, everything after that meeting on Monday, I do believe, is a work. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But these guys got together. They masterminded the best way to do the best. They wanted to do the best worked shoot angle ever that's what they're going for that's why nobody in aew knows backstage other than the people that need to know i'll bet you punk's one of those people as well but they don't need to go tell fucking the the fucking uh 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 what's his face you know private party or fucking jurassic express or fucking thunder rosa or fucking none of these people need to know if mjf's really so whoever's talking to the dirt sheets backstage from aew that's all like no yeah nobody tells us anything and there's reports that people are crabby and upset about this that if it is a work you don't work the boys Whoa, fuck off with all that not every single person needs to be in the know especially because everybody's got a big mouth lots of people like talking to the dirt sheets and once something gets on the internet it's done so once everybody learns that this mjf promo is a work that's it it's done i mean it'll still be entertaining because it's they're always entertaining to watch but people need to believe in the reality of it and how do you do that in this era with the internet and shit need to know basis and and you know what fuck everybody else and it's not to hurt your feelings it's not that we don't trust you it's that we don't trust you right it's not that we don't trust you we just don't trust we got to keep this fucking under wraps. So that's what's going on. And uh, just kind of wrap up this whole thing. Everybody's clueless about it, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and where everything goes. Uh, MJF, uh, MJF is off of TV now, but could he show up somewhere else? You know, so it does remain to be seen. Wrestling is gay, according to Effie here in Pride Month, being the month of June here, 2020. Effie was on the Busted Open podcast to promote his big gay brunch this year. And just to talk about the gay community in professional wrestling, the trans community in professional wrestling, and how things have changed over the years and how Effie just on the independent level just being who he is has been able to go out there and make some real change check out this clip the the sort of battle that our transgender brothers sisters and non-binary family are going through right now where i know a lot of professional wrestlers 
personally who are transgender and some of them are non-binary, which means that they do not identify as any gender at all. And you don't want to have to be the sword all day. But when people constantly misgender you, when people segment you in a group because they go, well, you you can't go over here with the guy. So we got to just say you're a women's wrestler, even though that's not how you identify. Seeing them continue to just kind of push forward and get to that next step, even though they've had everyone looking at them going, well, you need to fit into here. You need to fit into something. You know, sorry you feel that way. But if you're not fitting in, it's not going to work for the programming. So as we move forward, I know that, you know, the gays and girls have gotten a lot more opportunities, but I want to make sure that we're still uplifting in the same way in the real world as we are in the wrestling world, our transgenders, brothers and sisters and family members out there, because I think that's the next step of this fight. And if gay people or lesbians are paying any attention, a lot of this stuff mirrors perfectly. And like you said, Mark Henry, with the civil rights, it mirrors perfectly. And this is, it's a tale as old as time, this different person than you, who you may not have the, the knowledge or education on, let's just hate it or let's push it away or let's not deal with it versus what are we missing as a community because we're not involving these individuals. Yeah, for sure. Effie's made a lot of progress in professional wrestling just single-handedly by himself. Um, But, you know, wrestling has always been, even though uh, culture in general hasn't been entirely friendly to the gay and trans community until just kind of recently, it started to move along to where you're seeing a lot of pride flags hung up in windows and you know all these corporate logos are changing to the to the pride flag and that kind of thing for the month of June. Um, so so people are progressing slowly but i feel like wrestling has kind of always been on this tip to a certain extent even all the way back to what was it the 50s with gorgeous george there were certainly some homosexual undertones to that character you know other than he was just you know acting all girly and stuff but he was he pushed boundaries back in the day he went out there and and i don't know him personally as far as I don't know, personally, I didn't hang out with the guy. I mean, like, I don't know if he was actually gay or not or 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 exactly to the extent of what he was as a real person, but as a character, as a showman, and he was one of the first real characters in professional wrestling. That's why he's so remembered. You know, there's always the tough guys, the shooters, you know, your gotchas and your hackenschmitz and your... Your, your thezes and that kind of stuff. Um, but when you get to a gorgeous George, you're like, okay, that guy's a character. He's a personality, and he's a little bit femmy too. You know what I'm saying? So in, in the 50s, that was so taboo and so outrageous, and he was such a heel for doing it. Um, but even as far back as then, it's been in professional wrestling. Um, then you move forward to, you know, during, I guess, like, what, the 60s and the 70s. Everybody was kind of aware, at least, that Pat Patterson was. And uh, um, there was that promoter that Jim Ross always entered, uh, imitates. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but my boy, that guy. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's always been openly gay people, maybe not openly. I don't know that Patterson ever, it was like a known thing. Like everybody knew it, but just, it was, just wasn't talked about, you know? So, uh, but nobody cared, uh, wrestling business, even back in the seventies and eighties and these sixties, whatever, it was always a bunch of tough guys, right? I'm a tough guy, manly men, big burly bar fucking fighting Cigar smoking, fucking bowler hat wearing, barrel chested, hairy beasts of men, right? That's what what professional wrestlers were: shooters, tough guys, badasses. Um, but I I think overall accepting, you know, Patterson, to my knowledge, uh, you know, and I haven't read his book, so I don't know. You know, some of you may know more than I do, but for the most part, I don't think there was a lot, and maybe just because he wasn't open open about it but i don't think he got a lot of like hate or flack he wasn't like an out he's always been a well-respected wrestler in the business right um and then moving forward to gold dust in the 90s when the gold dust character that really pushed boundaries that was like you know i said gorgeous george pushed boundaries back when he just kind of came out and did the feminine to act he was just Feminine. That was the only thing that he really did um, differently than, you know, the other people were doing at the time. He wasn't, like, trying to grope people and stuff. But Goldust took it to that level. There's a feeling everybody's 
man, he made people uncomfortable and there were complaints. Scott Hall. Scott Hall at the time was was uncomfortable with it. Didn't want to work with Goldust. He was creeped out by all the the the. Remember when Goldust came out? I don't know if you guys, because uh, I'm not talking about. Some of you might just be familiar with like Attitude Era Goldust, right? Uh, where he's just kind of like the weirdo guy, which is a fun character too. But when he debuted, if you remember, especially those early weeks, uh, well, maybe it wasn't right away. He was kind of just the Hollywood kind of weirdo like a like a the hollywood statue come to life but uh quickly he became very like homoerotic you know and he was very touchy and he did like he painted the heart on his chest with razor and it was all glittery uh he had the match with piper and he was wearing lingerie under his gear i think he had flowers given to razor ramon so razor was very uncomfortable that's how he Ended up with his match with Roddy Piper uh, at WrestleMania. It was supposed to be him and Razor, but Razor wanted nothing to do with it. And he was on his way out the door anyway. But the 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 definitely that angle made him super uncomfortable. Um, so Goldust pushed a lot of boundaries back in. And, you know, he even went further with it o- over time. And then they kind of chilled out on the homoerotic. They got a lot of hate mail. They got a lot of calls. They got a, that was a very taboo character at the time. Very ballsy to put out. So again, wrestling on the forefront of being progressive, which, you know, uh, bringing it back to Effie now, I think we have reached a place where uh, professional wrestling, especially on the indie level, um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to indie shows or uh, some of you even you know been a part of an indie locker room. They're very eclectic, and I feel like that's just how wrestling is in general. Maybe not so much on WWE. You don't get the cast of characters on that level because they're all like ex-college football players that just get fucking trained up through the PC, and they're all just jocular, cookie-cutter people for the most part. With the exception of a few, I'm not trying to generalize everybody, but for the most part, on the indie level, it's very eclectic. There's a lot of fucking weirdos that show up there. And I feel like the wrestling is a community where everybody's accepted. It's like the, uh, the, the Island of the Misfit Toys, right? That whole thing where... Uh, you know, you don't belong in your normal life here and you don't belong in your normal life there because of this, this, or this. But when we all come together and we do these shows on the weekends, we are a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a family, you know, uh, they really are. And, and, and it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what your beliefs are, uh, what your sexuality is, what you identify as, do you love wrestling? Can you wrestle? Welcome. And, and I think that's just so fucking dope, uh, that we're there at this point. Cause honestly, like who cares at the end of the day, like why, why does it matter? What, why does it matter who, the guy next to you likes to have sex with, right? Like, or what kind of sex they like to have, you know? Like, let people be freaks. Let people, let your freak flag fly, you know? Let people do their thing. At the end of the day, if nobody's bothering you, then let people do them. You know what I mean? Um, at the same time, I think uh, we got to be a little bit careful, uh, careful about trying to over push it. Um, you know, cause the, there is a lot of sexualization to, to younger kids nowadays and that kind of thing as well. Um, we, we do got to remember, we're talking about sexuality here, which is, these are grown up things to a certain extent. So, uh, you gotta be careful on both sides, but at the end of the day, we have to be very accepting. We gotta open up. We gotta just put, you know, if you're somebody, if you don't like, if you're, I'm a man, I'm a man's man, I don't like that gay shit. So if that's you, who cares? Put it aside. It doesn't affect you. You know what I mean? And I think Effie's doing a great job of continuing to push that, move that forward is big gay brunch. And now wrestling is very much opened up to the trans community, not just with Nyla Rose being on national TV and being a champion, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, but also just, 
you know, I've seen it everywhere, all over the indies. There's lots of lots of lots of the trans community are getting into wrestling now. Wrestling's going to attract an eclectic bunch, and they're all welcome. And uh, it's it's very open nowadays. And wrestling has always been at the forefront of being progressive, and I hope it continues to do so. And uh, for anybody that's against it, just chill the fuck out, right? Speaking of Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose was on the Sessions podcast with Renee Paquette this week, talking all things Nyla Rose. Apparently she's written a fucking X-Men comic book. That's the shit. Um, doing, uh, apparently doing some other Hollywood stuff. Nyla Rose making some big moves. That's fucking dope. She's a super fun Twitter follow, by the way. Uh, they actually mention it in this podcast, but... Hey, throw Nyla Rose on your Twitter. She f- tweets funny shit all the time. I laugh my ass off. Seems cool as fuck. Really cool. Um, but you know, people like to pick on her because she is trans. And apparently, this missed my radar. By the way, apparently this happened a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, the guy who runs Ringside News, I've heard of this news site before. I'm aware that they exist, um, but I, I don't particularly follow them or anything. So I hadn't heard about this till now. But apparently they went on a big tirade on Twitter about how Nyla Rose won the women's title in AEW when she she's a man. People sure love to talk a little trash. I didn't think that we were going to get into this so early on in the interview, but here we are talking about a little trash. Um, I mean, let's just address the ringside news bullshit yeah. that happened recently. Um, what is like your reaction to somebody, I guess like somebody having that opinion and so blatantly putting it out there and being so ignorant? Like how, like how, how what is your reaction to to that? I laugh because at this stage in the game, it's all recycled jokes. It's nothing right. I haven't heard before. Um, it you know sometimes it stings a little. Sometimes things seep through the cracks. It can be a little challenging, mm-hmm. but for the most part, these are some very uncreative people. So it was it was really weird. It felt like. It felt like there was like some world star, like a good hood fight going on and you're sitting there watching it and then you just caught like a wild punch to the face (laughs) because he's going in on TK for whatever reason and he's like tweeting at him just like these angry hateful teats at Tony and he's like blah, 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 blah and Nyla and I'm like, whoa! Hold up! Like, what did I do? I just got here! (laughs) Yeah, he got roasted on the internet, and he actually ended up getting dropped from his affiliate. Uh, apparently, he was had some sort of deal with like USA Sports, USA Today Sports, or I think that's what it was, something like that. One of those big, uh, higher up corporate companies had him as like a their wrestling affiliate or whatever. So he got dropped for that. Uh, again, you know, we covered a lot of this with the FE segment. Uh, if you're just watching this in the clips. Go check out the FE segment if you want kind of more on on the whole transgender gay thing that's going on in professional wrestling and and just that whole movement and how progressive that pro wrestling has been with this whole situation. But certainly, like, you get these drunk fucks that get on Twitter and they just go on on rants and tirades about this stuff. Uh, He got roasted. But look, at the end of the day, now... I think an argument can be made if this was an actual sport, right? So, you know, it, it, Joe, Joe Rogan takes a lot of heat uh, from the trans community because he's openly said that he's against, you know, uh, trans women in professional in, in the UFC who to, to fight basically like a man, a former man, somebody who has transitioned from being a man to a woman fighting a woman. Because they still have the, the, I mean, there's just natural things that you can't change, you know. Men have more strength. Men have stronger bone structure. It's just, uh, these are these are things that are just ingrained in nature, right? Whether you're on hormone therapy or whatever you got going on, you're still going to have certain things that just are not going to change. So if it's a real con, and we've seen this time and time again, like with the swimmer who, who's the trans swimmer who joined the uh, women's team and, and won like the gold medals or whatever. It's like, 
Of course, because uh, um, a male is going to almost always out-athlete, a male athlete will always out-athlete a female athlete just because men are built stronger, faster, bigger, harder. And that's not to be, you know, that's that's nature. Look it up, fuckers. It's not trying to pick on chicks or anything like that. But it is what it is. So, you know, you get on the hormone blockers and stuff like that. You're transitioning into a woman. That's fine aesthetically, um, you know, and if that's what you want to do. But, like, when you get into sports and you're physical, then you can make a point for, like, hey, now, you can really hurt people. But professional wrestling is professional wrestling. It's fake. I don't know if the guy who writes the wrestling news site, the dirt sheet, which, you know, I don't know how reputable of a dirt sheet he is. He's, I, I think he's more of like a uh, taking other people's stories and just posting the news. Um, but regardless, whatever the fuck he does, uh, he's going to do less of it now because he, he got dropped from his affiliate. But... Did anybody tell him that it's actually professional wrestling and that it's not real and that these people work with each other? So Nyla being in the women's division is zero harm to women at all. It's a fake sport. I'm sorry. It's fake, right? So the fact that that somebody who was a man at one point in time in their life, now a female, in the women's division is not going to affect anything. It doesn't hurt anything. It's a show. It's theater. It's athletic theater. Okay. So, uh, get off your fucking drunk ass. Get off your phone. Fuck off. And, and just leave people be, man. Nyla Rose is the shit. Uh, she really is one of my favorite people, uh, personalities from AEW. Not so much on TV. I don't like her character as much. But anytime I see an interview with Nyla or, like I said, just the Twitter follow. Seriously, like anytime you see any of that kind of stuff pop up, watch it. Listen to it. Read it. Because Nyla's entertaining as fuck. She's got a very cool personality. And that's why she's getting these opportunities like to write for the X-Men for fuck's sakes. Uh, do you get to write an X-Men comic? No. So props to her. Fuck that guy. On to the next. Woo! Jay Lethal was on the AEW Unrestricted podcast this week, talking about all things Jay Lethal from his Ring of Honor run up to his debut in AEW. Uh, but in this particular clip, we have Jay Lethal talking with Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards about his time in TNA and. Very specifically, getting into his impressions and the impression that he did. Of course, we know Black Machismo, but the impression that he did of Ric Flair got the attention of the locker room. And when Ric Flair debuted in TNA, he needed to hear that impression. Check out this clip. And I'm a lightweight because I don't drink that often. So just one or two is enough to make me tipsy. And that is how I found out I could do this amazing Ric Flair impression. In fact, I didn't even think it was that good until the next day I got on the bus and people are wooing and they're putting up the four fingers because we had such a great time last night. So uh, then it became this thing where I did it all the time in the locker room. One time <laughs> I see Earl, I start wooing, I strut, and he doesn't strut and he doesn't woo. I go, oh, maybe Earl's having a bad day. So when, as I get closer to him, I go, what's up, Earl? And he goes, you'll never believe who's coming here. And instantly my heart dropped because I knew exactly what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Everybody was going to put me on the spot and make me do the impression for him. Finally, he's there. I get to him. I stick my hand. Out, I go, ah, Rick, uh, Jay Lethal, it's a pleasure to meet you. And he looks down on my hand and he looks up at me and he goes, let me hear it. <laughs> and every it's like everybody around. It's like that record scratching or that outlaw walks into the saloon. Woo! Woo, 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 woo. That was a dope promo. And the fact that it was all ad-libbed and 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 he does he does do such a great nature boy impression too um just when, when he talks about how nature would you know he's like well, let me hear it you know he wants to hear the impression and he wants to 
go out there and he's like, I don't talk about my promos. You know, I just want to get out there and fucking do it live. Jay Lethal had no idea. He'd never done a live promo on TV before. Uh, you know, it was always pre-recorded. And he had no idea what he was going to go out there and say. And it was going to be with the nature boy. Nature boy. So... What a fucking dope result, though. It's a, it's a basically a meme at this point. Uh, you know, one of the highest viewed clips, I'm sure, for Impact Wrestling in their history. It's the woo-off, man. Everybody loves a good woo-off. And, you know, Jay Lethal, Ric Flair going at it. Lethal said he almost uh, made Flair laugh a couple times in the ring. This is what makes professional wrestling great. And there were a lot of great moments in TNA's history, too, uh, that kind of slide under the radar. You know, uh, I was listening to Matt Hardy's podcast this week. Uh, it didn't make the clips, but he had EC3 on. And he was just, they were watching a match that they did in TNA, and it was... You know, a fantastic match that they had back in that day, but like TNA very much slides under the radar, and I don't know that a lot of people really have were aware of this or or even knew Rick was in TNA. But I can almost guarantee that just about every wrestling fan has seen the Woo Off video on YouTube. So at some point in time. So great shit. Anyway, it's fun to hear the story behind these kind of things. To hear what it was like. You know, here's Jay Lethal just going around the locker room for weeks and months. Just wooing and being the nature boy. And fucking walking around, strutting, styling, profiling. And, and uh, Ric Flair actually shows up in the company. And the very first thing he says to Lethal, before he even says hi, before he even shakes his hand, before anything, he just wants to hear the impression of Ric Flair. Great shit. Uh, great story. And I uh, always recommend listening to the AEW Unrestricted podcast. It's fun. They get in a lot of, a good, a lot of good questions. And Tony Schiavone, just, you know, fucking wrestling's dad. Bruce Pritchard was talking all about his second run in TNA Impact Wrestling this week on Something to Wrestle. And uh, in this particular clip, we got to talk about uh, the transition from the name TNA, which always sucked ass, which was always dog shit, into what is now known as Impact Wrestling. And Bruce was there for that change. Uh, check out this clip. Just about everyone on all sides felt the TNA name had too much negative baggage. When Billy Corgan attempted to purchase the company, he noted one of his earliest moves would have been to change the name. Bruce, it feels like you guys just did this and now you're doing it again. We went from TNA to impact and now we're GFW impact. What'd you think of, of, of Jeff putting GFW in front of impact? Were you for it? I, I wish no, not at this point. And, and here's why. If they were going to change, if the goal was to change the name to GFW, they right. should have done it day one and gone with it and focused on it. I will go back to when I was with TNA and we were doing Impact. One of the focus groups that we got back was that they didn't understand what TNA was and that TNA had a negative connotation to it. People, you hear TNA, not seeing the letters, tits and ass. It was a negative, it had a negative attachment to it. Right. So to try and brand that, I, I never, ever from day one did I ever like the name TNA. So if you're going to change it and your goal is to get to the point of being the GFW, then just go GFW right out of the gate. To go, we're, hey, folks, we're changing the name. We're, we're going to get rid of TNA, and we're going to go with Impact. During a, a branding exercise, we really wanted, I really wanted to change the name um, to Impact, just Impact. Let's lose TNA altogether, and let's just be Impact Wrestling, and let's go with it. And Dixie was adamant against dropping the TNA. 
if you're going to change it, change it to what you're doing. Now you're going from TNA to Impact. Now you're going to GFW Impact, knowing that they want to just get to GFW. Right. Should have just gone there. Too confusing. Yeah, I don't know why they were so insistent on slipping that Global Force Wrestling in there. I uh, Global Force Wrestling never, like, I'm not a Jeff Jarrett guy. Those are longtime listeners of this podcast will know I have a no Jeff Jarrett rule. Uh, I haven't talked about this in a while. I will not uh, cover the Jeff Jarrett podcast. I'm done with them. I did it for, you know, many months uh, when it came out. And I just got burnt out listening to the motherfucker. Uh, especially when he he like chew he was bitching at Conrad. If you guys remember that segment where he was like yelling at Conrad over like his his uh, notes guy or whatever, just like just goes off on a fucking tirade. He he just strikes me anytime he says anything, he kind of it it just there's always like a hint of condescension in it. You know, he, he co- tries to sound like a very gener- genuine Southern gentleman. You know, but there's always like a, a hint of condescension, and then he's just like, ha ha ha, just joking. Uh, but you're not, you know. Uh, I think there's, anyway, we're not talking about Jeff Jarrett, but Jeff Jarrett was the mastermind uh, behind this change from TNA at this time. He had taken back over TNA. That's how Bruce got brought back in because Bruce had already had a run in TNA, didn't like it, didn't have fun, and Jeff was like, bro. Please come back, you know, like, let's work something out. And this is when Bruce was on there wearing the, uh, the, the something to wrestle t-shirts and shit. And, uh, yeah, so they got into these meetings on, you know, we got to change the name. We want to change the name. Dixie, you know, like, you know, uh, Bruce said in this clip, and I've heard it other places, well, I, I think Jared had talked about it on his podcast, actually, that, that Dixie is very adamant about not changing the name. She loved TNA. Which, uh, I don't know why, no. It was just the worst name ever, always. Uh, Impact is a very great name, and Bruce said that in this clip too, you know, like that, uh, you know, research groups and stuff like that, uh, or focus groups had concluded that Impact was a strong name, a strong brand, and it is. It's a good name for wrestling, Impact Wrestling, you know. And it was good at that point to rebrand it, because TNA had a lot of dirt in its history. Still, to this day, it has some of that TNA stink on it. And and a lot of those wrestlers that work there have the TNA stink on them. Uh, You know, like like an Eric Young had that for a while. A Bobby Roode till WWE, till NXT, Triple H started giving these guys chances. A lot of those guys had some TNA stink on them. Uh, It takes a while to kind of brush that shit off. And Impact's still trying to work through that and build their audience back up. Rebrand themselves. Be a different wrestling. And they are a different wrestling company completely. Um, but you know, they're still, their lineage is TNA and it's kind of a gross lineage. You know what I'm saying? Um, an awkward lineage. Anyway, TNA had so much good shit though over the years. Um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of underrated stuff that happened there. I said that in the Jay Lethal clip. Um, you know, like his woo off with Ric Flair was, you know, it was dope shit. There was a lot of fun stuff that happened in TNA, but it all slipped under the radar. They could just never get over that hump. You can never bring it to the next level. Um, but, you know, the first thing to do is is rebrand. You know, throw TNA out the window, start fresh. I don't know why Jeff was so insistent on slipping that Global Force Wrestling in there, though. Just trying to brand it in his image, I guess. He just loved his Global Force Wrestling he did. Um, but I didn't like anything to do with it. Uh, it was Jeff Jarrett. I think that's how I got off on the Jeff Jarrett tirades. I don't like anything Jeff Jarrett does. Uh, so it was Jeff Jarrett, had the Jeff Jarrett stink on it. Uh, they were doing like baseball shows and stuff, so that was kind of weird too. Like not a sports ball guy. So, you know, tying it in with baseball wasn't really my jam either. And it just didn't have any kind of, I don't know, it just seemed like, it seemed like TNA light is what it seemed like. <laughs> and, and that's, especially because it was coming from Jeff Jarrett. I mean, it was TNA light and, and you know, TNA and even AEW sometimes, any company really under WWE gets accused of trying to be WWE light sometimes. 
Um, but certainly, like, Global Force was just a bastard of a wrestling company. I don't know. Anyway, it was like, yeah, I'm a Global Force wrestling fan. I'm sure it had its people, but... I, you know, it was, I guess, uh, you know, if the, if the deal was right, it was okay for TNA to absorb that because they did film some TVs and stuff like that. So, uh, I was maybe, you know, if the money was right, okay for them to absorb that content into the company, but to take on the brand itself, take on the name, it's kind of stupid, you know, like just go straight to impact. Like, like Bruce was saying, you know, just fucking pick a direction and go in it can't half-ass it you can't go from one week to the next to this to that drop the gcw shit drop the tna shit go full impact and that's exactly what they ended up doing in the end anyway so all's well that ends well but it's always fun to hear these stories at the very least of how these things happen and who's who's for it who was against it here and dixie was so fucking hardcore about the tna name and Poor Dixie, she gets such a bad rap in the history of wrestling. She'll she's not gonna get looked at very fondly, but bless her heart, right? You know, uh, she tried, she did her best. So anyway, uh, that was a fun little clip, and it's always fun to incorporate these little historical moments in, into the show. You know, when names change and rebranding and all that kind of stuff, and just. You know, get a little TNA shine out there because they don't really make the news too often. So it was dope that something to wrestle covered Bruce's return there. And uh, I got it on the show. So on to the next. We've made it. We made it all the way to the end of the show. Got some Speedway coffee here. It's dog shit, by the way. All Speedway coffee is dog shit. I've tried every fucking flavor that they have because I got enough. That's where I get my gas so you get all the points and stuff. And then you can use them towards, like, fucking fountain drinks and coffees and stuff like that. So they're fucking, their coffees are gross is what I'm trying to say. They're all gross. None of them are good. No amount of creamer makes it good. But it's essentially a free coffee, um, you know, if you call 519 per gallon free uh then sure yeah you know it's nice to get a free free coffee with every thousand dollars that i spend in my fucking tank but anyway we have reached the end of the show i want to thank you if you have hung out with me all the way to the end please if you could throw me a like throw me a subscribe throw me a follow all that stuff right down below if you're watching here on youtube like it subscribe to it please if you liked it um shout me out in the comments if you would like to if you want to say hi it'd be nice to hear from you um listen on spotify if you're an audio person you can listen to the podcast every week on spotify the full show's there um check out just clips back issue clips you know if you don't want to go back and listen to full episodes i got the clips here on youtube uh throw me a follow on twitter tiktok i'm all out there you can find me everywhere at seth grimes media also check out the pro wrestling inspired nft collection straight there right yep there it is Pro Wrestling Inspired NFT Collection. Uh, these got we got the championship belts out now. I know a lot of people laugh at NFTs and and whatever, and you're probably hanging up the shutting off the app right now, and that's fine. But if you're listening, we are trying to bring the pro wrestling brand into the NFT space. That's what we're doing. That's our goal. So we are the pro wrestling tees of NFTs. That's what we're trying to be. It is Cryptomania NFTs like Hulkamania or Wrestlemania. And uh, we do have pro wrestling inspired NFTs. We have a championship belt collection. All your favorite championship belts. The NWA belt, the world, the big gold, the WWE title. All of that shit. We have them in cryptocurrency versions. So the WWE title is the WWE title for Ethereum and so on. But I won't bore you with that anymore. But if you are interested in that kind of stuff, please at least just go throw it a look. Link is down in the description. And I also have a book out. So if you are a reader, audiobook, Kindle, Amazon, if you like a physical paperback edition, um, check out my book, The Gathering, A Bold Journey into the Belly of the Juggalo Underworld. 
about a dude who goes to a music festival, the gathering of the Juggalos. It is a drug-induced debauchery of a book. Um, it's a novel. It's fiction. It's a story. It's fun. So go check that out if you are on any of those platforms. Throw it in your Audible. You got a subscription anyway. Download it. You can return it if you don't like it. But at least it's got a five-star review. Also, I'm going to be doing some uh, gaming videos very shortly if they're not already up. I know I said that last week, but I have been recording them. They just may not have made it up yet um, because I haven't decided yet if I want to do like, you know, have like a back catalog where you can kind of binge a little bit or if I just want to do one at a time. Eventually, it'll be one at a time, but I think I would like, you know, when I first post to be like, Enough for you to like check out the next one if you want to do that. But I am going to be doing that. And there might be some pro wrestling related stuff on that gaming channel. Uh, the gaming videos at least. Uh, so check that out. Check all my shit out. Support me. Like me. Love me. Hug me. Hold me. I appreciate you guys for sticking around to the end of the show. Listening to all my plugs. Letting me get all my rants out of the way. I love you. Thank you for supporting me. I'm going to keep doing what I do each and every week, even if it's a slow week. And all I got to fucking talk about is John Cena doing another fucking charity thing and Paige retiring or fucking quitting WWE or whatever. That's it. Those are the top stories. But I made a show out of it because that's what I do for you guys. And hopefully next week there's a whole lot of just fucking wildness going on that I can cover for you guys right here on the... Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast